Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea, and I write an automotive column every Sunday for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and East Bay Times, and I have edited and published the website theweeklydriver.com since 2004. That's before the internet almost. Before the internet, uh, yeah, it goes to my age, I guess. Uh, my friend across the way, uh, who's got a very sharp wit, um, is Bruce Aldrich, and to his right is his uh, canine companion, if you will, uh, Indy the Wonder Dog. Indy's he went, a Doberman pincher, and he likes Doberman. racing. And he's, he, he has a look on his face like, Dad, it's really going to be hot today, and we can already feel it. It's about 90. We're at about a little after 11 o'clock, I think, right, 11.15 a.m., something hum, like humid that. Humid California, hum, Humid California. Uh, Bruce and I uh, get a lot of books in the mail. Uh, today, Bruce has a book in front of him. I have a catalog, which is basically the size of a good book, in front of me. And we're going we're to take a look at these two books that couldn't be further apart uh, in terms of the subject matter, but they're automotive books. And uh, before we do that, it reminds me that um, a week or so ago, I um, put the platform Patreon on my website. And Patreon allows people, if they like the content of the website, uh, including our podcast, to support us. And so we have different levels of support. If you go to the bottom of theweeklydriver.com, there's a, a button there, a banner um, that says uh, Patreon support us. And if you click on it, it takes you to a page that allows you to make a minimal contribution. Uh, I think it's as little as five bucks a month. And it goes higher than that. And as the higher the level... On a monthly uh, subscription, you get uh, different things, including um, some of our books. We have huge coffee table books. We have smaller books, pocket books, all different, but they're all automotive-oriented, and um, we've talked to some of the authors of the books on our podcast. Some of those books go over 75 bucks. They I do. Mean, these are good ones. They're the, good The ones. one I got right in front of me here is 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, the one I have in front of me is actually a catalog for the new auction that's going to come up next month in on the Monterey Peninsula. So uh, the way of starting the podcast today is to remind people that um, Bruce and I have been doing this for more than four years now, and the website, as I mentioned, has been around for almost 20 years. So if you'd like to support us, uh, please consider that. And um, again, go to the bottom of the homepage or any page of theweeklydriver.com, and you can support us on a small monthly or large monthly uh subscription, um, much like uh, public television or public radio does or auctions do um, on television when they raise funds. Uh, so we're doing the same thing, and it's it's very simple. It goes through PayPal or your credit card. So that said, Bruce, the, the, the pitch out of the way, you have a book in front of you called 50 First Victories. I have a catalog that's about the same size of your book, thickness-wise, but a little bit bigger, and it's uh, the Monterey Jet Center Auction brought Arrow Auctions, a new auction that's this uh, year uh, debuting at the Monterey Auto Week. So, Bruce, um, you're involved in that world. You and your wife love NASCAR. And um, so why don't you uh, get the ball rolling, get the tires rolling, if you will, about your book. Uh, what, what do you have in front of you today? Well, as you said, it's called First Victories, and then with a the number 50 in front of it. So it's 50 First Victories. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking of last week's podcast. Oh, yes, please. Um, Good reminder. The Pulitzer Prize. Blah, that guy. That guy. The Pulitzer um, Prize winner. Thank you for reminding me. Um, last week in last week's podcast was a, 
I've been getting the guy's newsletter, Joe Joseph White, Joe White's newsletter, three times a week. He writes for Thomson Reuters, which uh, Thomson is a, a data uh, business. Reuters is the international news service. They combined uh, a number of years ago, and it's now called Thomson Reuters without the P in Thomson. And Joe uh, has been writing about the automotive world for more than 40 years. I interviewed him without knowing, um, and he didn't mention it, which is to his credit. He won the Pulitzer Prize with another colleague uh, in 1993, I believe it was, or 92. And so he was, he was really nice. He has a, a three times a week free newsletter called Autofile. And if you go to Reuters.com and find your way through it and search on it, they have a variety of free newsletters, whether it's in finance, uh, stock markets, uh, different areas of business. And his is the automotive one. And I just signed up, uh, yeah. so I'll see what I get. But it, if it's at all interesting like the guy is, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. He told me he has 17,000 subscribers, all free. And uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday... He just uh, nails it every time. He talks about the business of the automotive world. And as he said in the podcast, you could do it. Uh, you could do an entire podcast on Elon Musk every time. And he said, you might regret it, but you could do it, which I thought was pretty funny. The other thing I like about it is he has a sense of humor. And in his podcast, you'll see in the, in the industry, we say, you know, headlines and subheadlines and graphics and and uh, different things. He, he'll, he'll reference a rock and roll song in there. He'll have something clever in a headline or a subheadline, and he includes videos and photos. So he makes the serious business of the business of automobiles into a pretty good read. And he said uh, what he thought about it was that the world is so busy and people don't have enough time, they, he figured they'd like to have something that they could read in five minutes or less about the automotive um, space. And that as a veteran journalist, he thought he could do a good job of condensing it and getting it into a, a few number of words. But and boy, does he ever. He might get 10 or 12 topics, maybe eight topics, into a newsletter every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it's great. So, uh, But thanks. he does know the business, as he you say. He knows the business. and um, I mean, who's investing, how much, and what they're investing in, <laughs> absolutely. that type of stuff. And he's also cool because he's restoring an old van, an old panel van, I think, is, if I have it correct. And he, he he was laughing at himself when he's been doing that for a while. Anyway, his name is Joe White. And again, the newsletter, free newsletter, is called Autofile. And if you go to Reuters, uh, Thomson Reuters or Reuters.com, you'll find your way to it. And it's a, a very nice newsletter. So thanks for that reminder, Bruce. So back to the book. <clears throat> Please. 50 First Victories. It's... Uh... 50 of the top drivers in NASCAR through the years, uh, Mario Andretti even, Jeff Gordon, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt Jr., Bill Elliott, uh, his son Chase. It goes through all of them. It tells you when they got their first uh, win and at what track and, and all the ins and outs about it. Um, I think it's going to be a great read. I haven't read it yet, but just, uh, I mean, it's a perfect coffee table book for uh, – just general knowledge, and you know, it's, there's pictures. It's, they're not color pictures, but it's it's uh, it's well written, and mm -hmm. from what I can see, and I think for any NASCAR fan, certainly it would be uh, it'd be one to have. Sometimes on the back cover, Bruce, or on the inside back cover, they they tell you about the authors and who are the two guys who wrote it. Are they longtime moto journalists? Al Pierce and Mike Embry. Uh huh. And sometimes on the inside front cover or the inside back cover, they might tell you who the guys are or the authors are of the book. Uh, Embry is 
author of 14 books. Oh, boy. He knows okay, what he's I doing. I guess he knows what he's doing. And Al Pierce, uh, first race back in 66. Yeah, okay. And covered NASCAR and NHRA and uh, SCCA racing. So he's been around the, the world, too. Yeah, I think, I mean, you made a, before our podcast started, you made a good point that it's a book you, of course, you could read cover to cover, but if he had, you know, three minutes, uh, you're waiting for a phone call or something, you could go to any chapter and start, you could start in the middle, you could start at the end, and you could read about somebody that you may have heard of and may not have heard of. So that's one good thing about the book. It's all individuals, and you could read, what, two or three chap, two or three, four pages about an individual, and then go about your business, and then come back and read some more. Yep, it's on Octane Press. 50 first victories, mm-hmm. and it's uh, actually, I see U.S. is $35 book. Mm-hmm. It was 40 in Canada. Canada, so. yeah. that $35 book that's available on Patreon. That's right, available if uh, if you support us. Um, and we have, like I mentioned, we must have, oh, Bruce must have, um, we have a library. At, three or four at, dozen, anyway. Yeah, three or four dozen of Bruce combined his library of books that he, he's gotten, and I combined mine. So, yeah, at least three dozen books available. Um, more where those came from, if needed. So in front of me, I have, uh, we'll go back and forth a little bit, I guess. Uh, in front of me, I have this uh, black uh, catalog with white lettering, and it's uh, 18th of August uh, through the 20th of August, 2022, is the Monterey Jet Center auction, and it's a new auction presented by Broad Arrow Auctions. And this catalog um wouldn't it be great if every auction had a catalog just like this? I mean, this is... That's a good coffee table book. It's a good All coffee colored, table book. glossy photos. And um, it's, let's see, if it had a page count on this, I can't believe. Oh, yeah, it's 300. Imagine this, a catalog for an auction that's 384 pages. And so just opening up the... Um, by the way, the, the this auction, again, is August 18th through the 20th at the uh, Monterey Jet Center. It's being presented in conjunction with uh, Haggerty. We we love Haggerty. Everything about Haggerty, they do everything right. And uh, so we open up the book, and um, all of course all the big important people who are at the auction house, and then it t- tells you how to become a bidder, uh, internet bidding, absentee telephone bidding, so on and so forth. And we wondered what the mailing list was for this. Oh gosh, we can't even afford the catalog. Yeah, that's the right. book. Low life, you know, bottom feeder journalists, and then and then important people. But it's it's a big one. It's good. So the first page, uh, is, the first car is on page fourteen and fifteen. We used to say double truck. It is a nineteen fifty four Bentley R Type Continental uh, from the H J Mulliner Sports Saloon, and lots one through ninety three. So this is every page gets better and better. Uh, lot one is a Burton Morris uh, amalgam 1.8, 1 to 8 scale Porsche 356A Speedster. This is a, um, you know, a scale car, estimated value of 15 to 20,000. It looks like Janis Joplin's old Porsche with, with all the multicolored things. Remember, she had that Porsche that was painted psychedelic colors. Um, so on to the other, on to the big cars. The first one, lot three, 2008 Audi R8 Quattro. Uh, 125 to 150. That might be offered without reserve. That might be on the on the lowest end, lower end of the cars that are in this uh, wonderful catalog. Um, just to read a brief description, every car gets at least two pages, which is great. Um, only four to, four nine, uh, less than 5,000 miles on the car. Six speed manual. 
uh, Daytona Gray Pearl uh, with Carbon Sigma side blades, premium package in Bang & Olufsen sound system. First owner was Juan Pablo Montoya, the two-time Indy 500 and Formula One Monaco Grand Prix winner. So, celebrity car. They're always more than non-celebrity Juan cars. Juan Pablo, yeah. Juan Pablo was I wondered famous. why that one was even in there. It's funny that you could devote that much space and pictures to something like that, $125,000 estimate. But uh, yeah, I, and I don't know. They're appealing to everyone, I guess. Tell me about estimates. I, I, I'm still, it's, it's um, a mystery to me how they come up with these things. They look at, like a house, they look at comps. That thing, uh, same thing. I same think. thing, comps. They look at comps in the neighborhood. Past sales, <laughs> all the past sales and with other auction houses, including their own. Here's a car that uh, you and I would appreciate, Bruce, before we go back to your book. Um, lot number four is a 1958 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia Coupe, uh, $90,000 to $100,000. Beautiful, of course. It just looks spotless. Um, it is um, desirable, rare, low-light model. I'm not sure what that is. Refinished in period, correct, bamboo and deep green paint. It's convertible? Um, no, hard top. And I just loved Carmen Gia's. I had one. It was uh, just, I loved everything about Carmen Gia. I never liked them. Never liked them. So that's why we're a good match in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's the um, same thing as a bug, but there's less utility. Yes, less utility. Uh, mine was a 67 uh, convertible and um, drove it a lot. And um, I liked it, I think, because... Unlike you, who you know things about engines, I didn't. So, but I could even do a little something on that engine, you know, adjust the valves and change the oil. And that's about as much as I ever knew about cars. But with a little, little one valve uh, Solex carburetor. Yeah, you know? well, and you had feeler gauges, and you'd make sure that right those little feeler just in the valves. Yeah, just in the valves was fun. So uh, back to you, Bruce. Go ahead. You're you're on Dale Earnhardt, well, your favorite guy. Yeah, we just I just picked Dale Earnhardt here because. Uh, He's an iconic figure in NASCAR. Mm -hmm. When was his first uh, win, James? Let's see. Uh, Within one month. Within one month? Oh, gosh. Strike three, I'm out. I know you um, don't know. 97. Uh, February 97. Well, if you transpose the nine and the seven, it was actually 79. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. 1979, April 1st, which was an April, April, Fool's, April Day. Fool's Day in yeah. Brist Bristol, Tennessee. God, I forgot. I'm getting Dale's old. I didn't know he was win. around that long. Yeah. And That's, what what what, um, what more details about that that win? What did it well, was he on Chevrolet, the pole? Was he Chevrolet? Obviously, he's yeah. a Chevrolet guy. Uh huh. Um, was it was it even close? Did I'll it, tell you, it was Sunday. Okay, great. In, in back in those days, with if they won a race like the Bristol event, which was you know very well known, what would they get? Would they get ten thousand? Or I think so. It was back, really back in the low day, pay back in the day. Yeah. He he led 163 laps out of 500, so he he was pretty dominant. It sounds like. Yeah. Some of the people in there. There's the one that the guy who died. I think uh, Scott was it Wendell Wydell who passed. About. Well, I didn't see him. Okay. There's Daryl. Daryl Waltrip. Waltrip. He's another iconic figure. Sure. May 10th, 1975. Gosh. So he was before Dale, huh? Is Four he still living? Before. Is the Dale Waltrip still alive? Yes. I, I think so. Yes. Yep, he's a uh, announcer on the television. Well, sorry, Dale. Daryl. I'm Daryl. Sorry, sorry, Daryl. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the neat thing about that is these these two guys, they're sitting there. They're since it's my, you know, my industry too. They thought they got together. They're probably best friends, and they thought, 
let's do a book together. And how can we make this appealing? Maybe to people like me who know the names a little bit, but I'm not a, I'm not a, a guy who watches NASCAR so much. But I would watch NASCAR if I got this book because they present it as human beings. You know, the, these guys have families and, and different interests. And the, the few chapters I read, they're all pretty interesting people, uh, for good or for bad. Some of them have had struggles in life. Some of them are just, you know, have longtime families that have been in the racing industry. So the human element to it is is more interesting to me than than what they did on the racetrack. And I think that that's part of that book that I really like. Well, definitely NASCAR puts the drivers front and center. That's for sure. That's yeah. one of their popularity uh, um, sticks to get people to watch, I think. Yeah. Chase Elliott's another guy that I always liked because I liked his father, Bill. Uh-huh. I used to watch, uh, back in the day, I'd be sitting around uh, watching Bill Elliott win races. And then several years later, his son Chase comes on the scene. And Chase's first victory was August 5th in 2018. Watkins Glen. Oh, yeah, famous. Chase, Chase has been really good on road uh, courses. Um. But you can go through this book and anybody. Kyle Larson, who's pretty close to where we live here in Sacramento, he's got he's in there and so many others. Jimmy Johnson. It's amazing uh, in terms of um, Kyle Larson uh, that he... I don't know him. I've never heard him interviewed much at all, but I respect him because he he made a mistake at some point a few years ago, right? He said something he shouldn't have said. He apologized for it. He got sat down a little bit, and now he's back at the top of his game again. Yep. And he he, he did a good thing. Pretty much sponsorless as far as I know. I know HendrixCars.com sponsors him, but that's his the owner. Yes. So... I don't know what his contract must not be as high as it was when he left, but yeah. he is racing. He is racing. And I think he went on some of the smaller circuits first. Didn't, wasn't oh, yeah. he required he's, to do he's that? He's just always in a car racing. Yeah. Oh, I think he, no, he did it because he loves it. He so, did have sensitivity training, though. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, I turned the page um, back to this catalog, and, you know, it's like uh, you turn the page and your heart skips a beat, and then it skips two beats, and... So here we are on lot 71, a 1962 Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud II, drophead coupe adaptation, coach works by H.L. Mulliner, chassis number SAE79. To me, this car looks like it would be worth more than they're asking, or that they estimated, 275 to 350. Um, only 33 were made. I, I just, it's it's just a gorgeous, I don't know how to describe it. It's a um, copies of the original build records, owner's handbook and service documentation. In 1955, the, the year I was born, uh, the long-awaited new Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud was launched and enthusiastically accepted by eager buyers. A vast departure from the former inline six series arrived in 1959 with the Silver Cloud II, which received the exciting new 6230cc uh, OHV V8 engine with the top rated speed of 112 miles an hour. Imagine that, it went 112. So you look at Rolls-Royce, and I know for years, um, I remember going uh, to a Rolls-Royce function, and this man, a very um, uh, nicely dressed guy, was telling us that 
in in uh, Great Britain not too long ago. You could see just Rolls Royces abandoned on the side of the road almost. They would you'd give them away. Nobody wanted them. They were it had a lousy reputation. And uh, to me, I don't know how anybody would ever give this car away if this was one of them. But what a beautiful car. There's nothing quite like a Rolls Royce, right? Yeah, they do uh, attract attention. It'd be nice if the labor costs were the same as they were in 62. There'd yeah. probably be a bunch of these fixed up, but uh, labor costs and uh, parts availability make them pretty pricey. I just turned the page. And Even if you can get them for free. That's right. you got to find somebody who knows what they're doing on them, right? Yeah. Right. I just turned the page, and it reminds me of the car I'm driving this week in a, in a weird way. Then turn the page, lot 73. 2013 Mercedes-Benz G500 Cabriolet Final Edition. Boy, oh boy, look at this thing, Bruce. Don't you want that? Uh, those G-Wagons, are, they're pretty cool. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like it. Uh, I like what you have in the driveway right now, though, which yeah. is? Ford Bronco Raptor. It's the Raptor Edition, which yeah. means wider, um, Really cool Fox shocks on it with uh, separate reservoirs. Yes. The front suspension is uh, cast aluminum versus the stamped steel with a wider track. It's 37-inch uh, tires. I know. It's it's pretty cool. It's like a few cars. I review maybe every maybe every 10th car or so, maybe, maybe every 15 cars. You get these people who just their heads are on swivels when you drive by. And the comments on this one have been um, anywhere from a guy walking down the street from our house saying, uh, you can't buy that car. It's not available yet. And he's looking at the car. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And he wanted to know this mathematical formula. What is the, what is the wheel ratio versus the, the uh, RPM at, at second speed versus the RPM at third speed when you have it in two-wheel drive or four? I didn't know any of that. But the guy was so funny and so... Um, dogmatic i guess in his making demands on what <laughs> what is the car doing it just was hilariously I, funny. I would assume the guy has put aftermarket rims and tires on his jeep and had to get it re-geared uh, and more than likely so he's really into that yeah when uh, when you buy it from the manufacturer you don't have to worry about it that's right uh so that was funny and people have said uh boy are you you know are you manly enough for that car and, and a guy this morning from the neighborhood who looks at the cars he, he says uh What's the gas mileage on that one? And I said, whatever. I said, 12 miles per gallon. And he said, well, it was better than the one you had last week, which was 11. You know, So there's always right. funny comments. And he said, I said, well, are you up for it? Uh, driving this? How's your masculinity? He said, I'm as masculine as I'm ever going to get. You know, So <laughs> you throw out straight lines and people are pretty funny. But but friends who, my, my running buddies have driven it. And they were just like, oh, my gosh, James, this is just off the hook. They like, both of them are kind of non-car guys. And they, they were just in immersed in this how great this car was it's good looking and, and it's yeah. you know it's a throwback it's a better throwback look to the original uh bronco than the the sport bottom yes. end sports that we've been seeing driving around right this well, one this one looks to the part it, it belongs off-road when you drive it uh at lunchtime when we go for our uh we gotta take I, the top off too oh that's right i, oh, I learned from you because you know i can as we've said before, I can you know maybe put some words together, but I learn about the cars from you, and then I write the review later, and I I steal from you. It's got the V6 in it. I think it was a three liter, so it's it's not going to have a lot of mm -mm. juice. It doesn't. But I guess off road, you know, we need the. It's fine for the first Raptor edition. Yeah, the second it's, Raptor it's edition will be uh, blown or something. 
Yes. Maybe twin turboed. I've I the little bit I about I read about it, as many people like it as don't like it. So um I'm sure some people are not accustomed to having a tire that prevents you from seeing out the back window. It's a pretty limited view out the back. Yes. But hey, that's what it is. Stay on top of things and go fast. There you go. <laughs> that's it. So uh, back to your book, your turning pages. Tell me about somebody else in that book. Uh, Mark Martin. He was oh, the, yeah. He was yeah. the old man, they used to call him, until he retired a few years ago. He got his first race win in October of 1989 at North Carolina Motor Speedway. Mm -hmm. He won a lot of races. He was a, he was a good guy. In, in that book, um, since I've only kind of perused it, are there guys in that book if you had to guess, most of them are retired, or some are still going pretty pretty good. There's guys in there are still going. Most of them have left. Most of them have Tony left. Tony Stewart yeah. and uh, Jeff Gordon. Yes, I they're, mean there's there's the old man. There's a few of them now, but they're mm -hmm. not they're not very old. <laughs> no, just the the new ones are so young. Longtime Martin fans will still bristle at the $40,000 fine and 46-point penalty NASCAR imposed for a small engine irregularity after winning the 1990 spring race at Richmond. He won six poles and two more races that year, but finished second to Earnhardt by 26 points in the championship. Wow. Came close. Yeah. It's a good way to, re uh, to remind people, here we are today on our podcast looking at a catalog. It's really a coffee table size book, and a real and a, and a book book. Fifty first victories, and the reason that we're doing this today is that we have a library of books, and they're all of them. There's not one of them that isn't worth reading. Um, we've interviewed many of the authors, uh, all different shapes and sizes, and I'm fascinated by how, particularly in the automotive space, since we're involved in it, how uh, men and women um, tackle writing a book. There's so many. There's so many. Um, parts to it that obviously the images the words there's so much to cover and uh, unlike what i'm used to where you do something in a couple hours on deadline these are you know six months projects a year project whatever it might be and i always like to ask them how did you put this together so on both of these books uh it's it's really interesting to i would like to have as we do our podcast um have some of the authors on as we've done in the past but the reminder really is that these books are available uh, to our listeners, if they wanted to support um, what our efforts are, whether it's on my um, website that Bruce contributes images to, and um, he produces and co-hosts all of the podcasts, which now we're on 236 or 7 episodes. And so at the bottom of the website, on the homepage, and on every page is a button uh, that reads uh, Patreon. And if you click on that button, it allows you to support us uh, for a minimal event or a little bit more than a minimal amount each month. And um, we'll mail you a book or two. It's first come, first serve, obviously, too. We don't have multiple 51st victories. We have no. one. So Right. And uh, if you communicate with us and you have a particular interest, we, we, could, we could probably come around to that. Uh, if you have, want a book about vintage cars or one of these books that we're discussing or many other areas I can think about um, profiles of other drivers we've done we've done um, interviews on uh, books authors on little cars we've done uh, we did a uh, have a book that we Mustang, did the we Mustang the Mustang Corvette Corvettes anything VW Beetles or did I take that one 
Did that one get taken out? Uh, I, think, of, I think you might have taken that. I took that one out of circulation. One. Sorry. But one of the books that I really like to look through is the is the book that I believe was written by the son and a photographer who got permission to go through a, a museum, if you will, and abandon um, several acres of cars that were stacked on top of each other, a McLaren on top of a Ferrari, a Ferrari on top of a Bentley. And this guy finally got permission somewhere in Southern California, I believe, to go in and talk about these cars that are available. And this guy's two sons who are finally, this is a few years ago now, selling these cars. Sell, selling, call. Yeah, it's a phone call. Sorry, guys. Uh, sell, uh, selling those, these cars a little bit by little bit in this museum in Southern California. And the photography in that book, all the patinaed cars, are, it's wonderful. So we have that. We do have one actually called Barn Finds, too. We do. And we have several books by a guy, um, Russell. Um, Is he the Ford guy? He's a guy who was written from England we've called several times. I should have his last name. I'm sorry. But we have several of his books. Um, So we have, I don't know, three or four dozen books at our disposal. And, um, again, if you'd like to contribute uh, to what we do, um, the monthly subscription. We'd be happy to mail you a book. And we've got some other surprises down the road I haven't told Bruce about yet, but we're going to have some merchandise soon. So that'll be good with our uh, nice logo, the weeklydriver.com logo. So that's uh, that's what we've, we're up to in our podcast today. Um, I want to thank Bruce, of course. Indy's left us. The Wonder Dog is out somewhere. Oh, he did, didn't he? And we're going to test drive. Uh, the Ford that, Bronco, that Raptor the, the Raptor, Bronco. at lunchtime today. We're going to try to – we can't beat the heat because it's it's 95 already. But I um, want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast. We All of the episodes now from number one to number 236, I think, are archived on my website. They're also all available on any of the major podcast outlets, anyone that you prefer. Um, we've had a whole variety of guests on in four years from, you know, the guy down the street with a Studebaker to uh, CEOs of manufacturers. As I mentioned, a bunch of authors, uh, friends who have unique cars, uh, analysts from various companies. So we keep it quite varied um, in our podcast, and um, we hope to continue to do that, do that and um, with your support. Yes, and remember, James has these cars for a week, too. It's not like I'm taking a test drive today, but he's had it for a week. So Thank you, Bruce, for he does, he does use and uh, get out there and explore these cars. Yeah, sometimes I've had a chance to take them uh, at least to the Monterey Peninsula and back, which is 200 miles each way, and we've taken a few together, and I've taken some solo to um, Los Angeles or San Diego uh, and back, you know, 900 miles, let's say, in a car, which is a a pretty good way to get a good feel for the car on the open road and some small streets and gas mileage and, you know, maneuverability on the freeway. And it's been gas cars and um, hybrid cars and in a couple of cases... <laughs> hydrogen cars. <laughs> hydrogen cars. <laughs> Three cases of hydrogen cars that... Um, we, one we experienced together, which wasn't all that fun, but and three I've driven on my own that were pr- pretty wild. Um, we but had the uh, that electric, uh, the Ford Lightning. Had the Ford Lightning, and recently. that was a little bit of a pain to get electricity in that thing. Yeah, it was, and uh, so that it it we're learning. I'm learning about the uh, uh, EV, the BEV, right? Battery electric vehicles, the, the, that acronym, and uh, the hydrogen probably doesn't have much future, but those were good experiences. And of course, all the the um, uh, what do they say? Uh, what's the buzzword that is the 
naturally aspirated gas. The fossil fuel. Fossil uh, fuel engines. And uh, we've had, what, maybe I think I kind of the other day, um, more than 700 uh, vehicles that I've driven. Uh, since doing the starting the reviews, and Something. what's your favorite? Oh, <laughs> I get how many times do I get? Yeah, what's your what's your wallet? Uh, what's in your wallet? Well, we know we have to go with the with the Bentleys. I think if we had to really cut to the chase, we'd say Bentley. Right. I do like the Bentonyaga. It's an Audi. Yeah. But it doesn't look like an Audi. No, no, no. With a another with a zero huge motor in with it. another zero yeah, at and, the price and a huge price tag. Huge price tag. Well, thanks everybody for listening to our podcast again. I'm James Rea, and my co-host and friend is Bruce Aldrich. My website is theweeklydriver.com. You can subscribe to a free newsletter, and you can support us. Thanks again. Talk to you next week. Bye.